Welcome everybody to another episode of Guys of the Round Table. I am your host, Vladimir Jean-Philippe, and today we're going to be talking about political drama a little bit, and I know, I know, everybody's tired of hearing about politics. Trust me, I'm with you. I'm sick of it, I'm tired of it, and this whole voter die kind of vibe that's going on around these days, I'm not with it, but it's a current event, it's happening in the world very important, and we must address it. But before we do, I must advise everybody out there that we are still living in a midst of a pandemic. So please wear your mask, social distance, and practice good, clean hygiene because we are in a pandemic. Whether you believe it's a hoax, whether you believe it's the most serious thing since Ted Bundy in his serial killing days or whatever, we are in the midst of a pandemic. So I urge you, practice social distancing, wash your hands, and wear your damn masks. Because right now, the whole pandemic is affecting my football games, and (laughs) bruh, I'm not happy with that. So please, be aware, we are in the midst of a pandemic. Do your part. It's not that difficult, ladies and gentlemen. Just literally... Do your part. If you do your part, we could all come through this faster, safer, and healthier than ever before. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program or not so regularly scheduled program because we're going to be talking politics. And I hate it, but it is the current flavor of the day. And it's been the talk of the whole week. President Trump has contracted COVID-19. And as much as I'm not a fan or a dislikement of this guy. I, I could care less for him either ways, because to me, he's maintaining the status quo of every single president before him. Nothing has changed. Nothing. <laughs> All right. So if you really follow politics and you understand what's going on, it's pretty much a game of tax evasions and collusion is essentially what it is. Okay. You scratch my back. I scratch your back. That's all politics is. Trump became president, he got richer, he got his friends richer, and he got some corporations to kind of uh, mend some deregulation or (laughs) mend some regulation rules on their companies so that, you know, they can do some shady stuff and continue to profit off of the backs of the poor. So essentially, what I'm saying is George Carlin had this thing right from the very beginning. It's a very exclusive club and you ain't in it. So these politicians don't give a damn about you until it's election time. Hence, we have no stimulus checks coming out. I mean, the last one we had was back in March. We had (laughs) the last time we had a stimulus check to help the American people out was back in March. We are in October. Six or seven months has gone by since the government gave a goddamn about you. They left you high and dry for six to seven months. And now they're talking about a second stimulus check and they're politicizing the crap out of it. One side wants this amount of money. This side wants this amount of money. And then in between everything, they're loading it up with pork where they can help the blue states that are in 
trouble, help the red states that are in trouble, bail out the airlines, bail out this corporation, pay off these cronies, pay back these cronies. It, it's a mess. It's a mess. And you know who gets screwed out of all of this? You guessed it. You and I. You and I get the, uh, how do I say this nicely in a PG-13 way? We, we, we get the bottom of the butt cheeks, okay? Actually, no. We get what comes out of the butt cheeks. <laughs> All right? Use your imagination. You can figure it out. You're big boys and girls. Figure it out. We get what comes out the butt cheeks. And yet, the political drama continues. Quote, like I said, the president contracted COVID-19. Whether you like the man or you hate the man, you got half of the nation rejoicing that he got covid and that they hope he dies in the next couple of weeks, months, or whatever. And then the other half is thoughts and prayers and hoping, and they're really praying for this guy's recovery. Me personally, I don't care either way. Okay, the guy got the damn disease. It, we're in the midst of a pandemic. He should have he should have known better. Should have wore his mask. Should have social distance. Should have practiced the good hygiene that you know the CDC and the very smart people who have no real interest in politics are saying all along. But for whatever reason. Since the beginning of this whole pandemic and back in February or January even, or even earlier than that, November of last year, this whole thing has been politicized. And this is the political drama that I'm talking about. It is not a reaction of, okay, let's help the American people. It's a reaction of how can we convince the American people that these groups of people are wrong and we're right. Trump contracted COVID-19. Instead of isolating himself for two weeks, getting the treatment that he needs, he's out here talking smack about the disease. He's downplaying the severity of this, this disease. He's, quote unquote, working, <laughs> continue to work during the disease, which I totally get because as a president of the United States, you have to show a certain amount of strength to the American people because people need to see that. You are a strong, capable leader because if you are showing any signs of weakness, then society kind of declines into a state of chaos that pretty much is uh, unreboundable, okay, that we cannot recover from. So I get why he's showing this um, uh, gumption of strength. I get it. But at the same time, we know <laughs> COVID is not a, something to be played with. It's pretty much struck me personally within the last couple of days because I just found out some people that I know that are very close to my girlfriend, they contracted it. So I'm really hoping that they can make a very speedy recovery and a full recovery because as the studies come out, it shows that it's not the first wave, but the second wave, like the symptoms after you you cure yourself of the first uh, initial symptoms, right? It's the second time it comes back to kick you behind. That's when it really gets you. This is where people mostly die from. It's the second effect. The first effect, you get the flu, you feel bad, you can't breathe. It's horrible. Okay? Then you beat that. If you beat that, then it comes back later and it really kicks your butt because now it's bringing some friends with it in the form of pneumonia, in the form of pulmonary uh, heart diseases, in the form of uh, other things. Okay, Kidney function failures, heart failures, lung failures. Hell, even brain failures in some studies that I've read. So this is a very serious thing. So instead of the president kind of taking taking a step back to kind of be like, oh, hey, I need to chill out for a minute. My dude is out here 
still fundraising, showing up to these fundraisers in close quarters without a mask, without social distancing, and still doing the same things that he was doing before, putting other people at risks. Okay? So apparently, or should I say allegedly, there's a lot of people in the White House now <laughs> that has been in contact with the president and that has contracted COVID-19. And instead of doing the right thing, which is shut down things for a minute, quarantine those individuals, nope, we, the, the political drama must continue. We must parade out to the public, show this false sense of strength, show that this pandemic is really not a pandemic and that everything is quote-unquote fine. It, it's, to me, it's sad. Because right now, it, it's unfortunate that this pandemic has hit in an election year because everything from here to November 3rd, actually, yeah, to November 3rd, is just going to be drama, 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 drama. The Democrats want to stifle your stimulus checks, or the Republicans don't care about your health. The Republicans want to put the economy before public safety. Democrats want to put too much social justice before public safety and money. It's this whole political bantering back and forth that really, at the end of the day, puts you and I, the common folks, in jeopardy. As I stated earlier, the last time the American people got any kind of help was in March. And most people didn't even receive that help in March until May, June-ish. And even then, some people are still waiting. Some people are still in the queue waiting to see if they can get unemployment because Jobs are still furloughing people and laying people off and firing people because they can't sustain themselves. Restaurant industry is getting crippled. Airline industry been crippled. So it's it's getting strange out here, bro. It's getting strange. And yet the show must go on. The show must go on. We must show that the economy is bouncing back strong. How did they indicate this? Because the stock market hit green today. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Think about that. Seriously, I want you to take that nugget of information and think about it. Marinate on it a little bit. I'll wait. You done marinating? Listen. (laughs) They think the economy is bouncing back because the stock market showed green today. The stock market rose 500 points. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. Economists, the president of the United States, and everybody that's in an important position of power think that the economy is fine because the stock market was green. That means it was a it was a profitable day. When the stock market's in red, that's a lost profit for the day. That's when people jump on things and they buy it. And then when it goes back up to green, they usually hopefully make a profit off of that. So the stock market was green and they think the economy's bouncing back. Think about that. People have not gotten any type of help. I'm talking about the American people. A lot of people have lost their jobs since March. We are now in October, about 25 days away from the elections. People received help back in March. $1,200 from March to October. And then some folks had the unemployment help them out, but then that ran out back in June. So people are literally in limbo. And I'm talking about working class people, normal folks, you and I, the ones that wake up at the ass crack of dawn (laughs) to drive two hours to go to work. 
work an eight, 10 hour, 12 hour shift, drive two hours back to go home just to eat dinner and fall asleep just to do it again the next day. Those are the people I'm talking about. Those people have been out of work since March and the government gave them 1200 bucks and said, here, hold that until about November 3rd. But yet, yet, okay, this is how great the show is, is going for you guys, is that they tricked you into thinking the economy is good because the stock market rose 500 points today and showed green for the first time in a while. Translation, I'm going to keep it simple. Rich folks money good, poor people F you. That's what that means. <laughs> I cannot simplify it any other way. Okay, so when the stock market is good, rich folks made more money. That's good for them. And if you hold, if you hold stocks, it's good for you too. But chances are you don't hold the amount of stocks these guys hold. Hey, if it's good for you, it's good for you. All right. I'm not going to like, <laughs> I'm not going to hear and poo poo all over your stock portfolio. If you have a couple thousand dollars in the stock market, kudos. But compared to these guys, your shit is pennies. Pardon my French, but it's pennies compared to these guys. <sighs> I'm just saying the economy is good because the stock market showed green. Therefore, they can pause your stimulus check or your stimulus check talks until after the elections. That's what Donald Trump did last. He pulled out of the negotiations. Well, as of a couple of minutes ago, he kind of went back on to the, the negotiations are back on. But still, <laughs> that carrot is dangling in front of you guys. <laughs> it really is. It's dangling. So I'm just saying the political theater is is real. Okay, you watch the presidential debates. Were they not complete poo-poo shows? <laughs> Straight up. I mean, I, I can't stay. Well, yeah, it was such a poo-poo show that the star of the show was a fly that landed on Mike Pence's head. <laughs> the fly had better sense than all four of the candidates that were talking on the debates. Okay, you had the presidential candidate uh, debates where it was Biden versus uh, Trump. And it was just, I hate to say this, guys. And... <laughs> I hate to say this, but I have to keep it real as a black man. All right, I just saw two grumpy old white guys on stage just yapping at each other. That's what it reminded me of. You ever see the Muppet shows and <laughs> you see the two old guys in the theater? Oh, boo, boo, boo! That sucked. <laughs> that's what the that's what the debates reminded me of. The two grumpy old guys <laughs> in the stands of the Muppet shows. That's what they. That's what they reminded me of. The two grumpy old guys in the puppets. Or if you've seen the movie Two Grumpy Old Men, that's what they reminded me of as well. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden and Donald Trump don't hate each other in real life. They're helping each other make money. They don't hate each other. They love each other. Backstage, they're hugging, they're kissing. They're like, "Oh man, we sure fooled them. We got the American people going, didn't we?" Meanwhile. They're deregulating their corporation, their, their buddies' corporations, you know, allowing them to dop, uh, drop toxic sludge in your rivers. Next thing you know, you drink the water and then you grow a fifth pair of arms and you don't know where the hell it came from. This is how the game works. They don't give a damn about you and I until it's election time. Hence why they're all over the TVs trying to get you to vote. Don't you notice the voting? Like the voting seems very dire and bleak, right? The messaging is very dark. It's not happy. It's not, hey, man, go out there and flex your muscles to exercise your right to vote. No, it's this is the most important election of our lifetime. 
forgetting that about what eight years ago we had the exact same <laughs> speech when Obama was running against John McCain. This is the most important election of our lifetime. Like, come on, guys. You seriously cannot be falling for this crap again. It's right there in front of you. Just got to open your eyes and take a look. And it's not just the presidential debate that's adding to this political drama we're seeing. CNN's adding to it. Fox News is adding to it. YouTube channels. Uh, who else? Political pundits are adding to it. It's all, it's all these different entities coming together to kind of paint this dark, dreary picture for you. It's all drama. None of these mofos care about you. They only care about you because they need your attention to drive up their profits. They keep you glued to CNN with fear because it drives up their profits. They keep you glued with fear to Fox because it drives up their profits. Money in their pockets. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> That's all it's about, okay? So I'm just saying, every four years, they come to you, the American people, and they give you some sad story or some doom and glooms day or some apocalyptic picture that they portrait, uh, they, they paint for you to tell you that if you don't vote in this election, this is going to happen. When realistically, it's just going to be status quo. That's it. It's just going to be status quo. Nothing's going to change. There's no doom and gloom coming. And if you became radicalized during this whole presidential crap, that just tells me that you're missing something in your life. Because radicalization happens to those who are empty inside, who have a hard time figuring out their life's purpose, life's meaning. And so they fall for, you know, the, the shiny dangly carrot of a better distal, of a better future. Because all of these, like all these talk hosts or talking heads, I should say, the Ben Shapiro's, the Candace Owens, the, uh, who the hell else is out there? Tommy Lawrence, the Bill O'Reilly's, the Car Tucker Carlson's of the world. They paint these doom and gloom pictures to keep you lured in. All it is is just, you turn it in and it's like, hey man, this is really bad. But you know who's going to make it better? This guy we're supporting right here. He has the ideas. And then your dumb ass goes, oh, you know what? You know what? The left really does be doing these stupid things all the time. And you know what? The right does do these stupid things all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you fall into this dichotomy of left versus right, where you're supposed to be like, hey, what's your policies for economic growth? Or what's your policies on foreign affairs? What's your policy on military uh, spending budgets? You know what I mean? Instead of you thinking critically, they're telling you what to think. And they rely on you not asking questions because the moment you start asking questions, you will never get an answer. Case in point, the presidential debates and the vice presidential debates. Listen to them. Don't just look at the clown show that it is because it is a clown show. But listen to the debates, okay? Like, take it all in. Listen to what they're... The moderator asks a question and the candidates don't answer the questions directly, fully, or succinctly. They always tiptoe and dance around the damn questions when they don't have an answer. It's always a dancing show. It's literally a minstrel show. As derogatory and negative as that was, that's exactly what you're witnessing on the stage. <laughs> it's a clown show. And we're all the circus. Okay? So, uh, a lot of people like to paint this dystopian future that we're living in, but we're really not in a dystopian future. We're not, because nobody's telling you how to live your life. You think somebody's telling you how to live your life, but nobody's telling you how to live your life. You can go wherever the hell you want. Just wear a mask. Just be more considerate of others. 
That's it. That's not dictating your life. It's just telling you, hey, man, if you're going to go to the store, there's a pandemic out here and there's a virus that's really affecting people, getting them sick. Just cover your face. That's it. There's no conspiracy theory. There's no facial recognition software trying to pick up your face with a mask on. <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no lizard people trying to come and take over the world. There's, there's no Illuminati. There's none of that nonsense. Yeah, people are into some weird cultish crap, but that's that's religion. That's all that is. That's their hokey pokey fun. It, it, it's weird. It, it's unconventional to say the least, but it's not. What I'm trying to say is nobody is trying to take your liberties away. Okay, No president, acting former, past, or future president can come in and take your liberties away. Two reasons. The Constitution and people will riot and revolt against it. That's it. Plain and simple. People are stupid. Yes. But if you push them to the brink of breaking, they will revolt. And violence will come out. Hence why you're seeing all the riots come out. People are being pushed to the extremes. It's common sense. I shouldn't say it's common sense. It's common human nature because if you understand human behavior, you understand these things. This is just natural reaction and a natural chain event to things. And it's all political theater. It's all set up to kind of paint this doom and gloom picture in your mind to keep you in a state of constant fight or flight. Either you're going to fight or you're going to fly to the nearest safety zone and try to get yourself prepared to save to save yourself. It's a very common divide and conquer tactic. That's it. That's all it is. Keep you in a state of confusion. That way you cannot make an informed decision. And that way you're easier to control. So that way those who are in power can continue to be in power and use most of the resources for themselves. Because there's plenty of resources to go around. There really is. The earth can sustain the human population that it is in now because people are amazing at adapting and overcoming. So we can, you know, we can, we, we, we figured out how to, <laughs> how to mass produce food. We figured out how to mass produce homes. We figured out how to mass produce things on a grand scale. We can survive anything almost. Okay, we've developed tools, we've developed technology to help us survive. As human beings on this planet, we're fine. As social creatures on this planet, we are. Yeah, you know where I was going with that. <laughs> All right, so, but I'm just saying, okay, you just have to. Uh, my purpose in doing these things is just, just to kind of have you think differently and think critically. Am I wrong? Sometimes, not in. I think 90% of the time I'm wrong, you know, but I'm willing to think. I'm not thinking outside the box. I'm just normally thinking. These are the common uh, common questions you should be asking yourself when you see some of this stuff going on. Why is you doing this? Why is this this way? Why are you acting this way? Why are you saying it like that? Why do I have to do this to get this? You know what I mean? You have to ask these questions because if you don't ask these questions, your situation will never change. And you'll stay in this weird limbo in life. Because everybody wants to paint the dystopian 1985 or 1984 George Orwellian like dystopian future. We're not there. I'm telling you. George Orwell has another book and it's called Animal Farm. 
we are more akin to that story than we are to 1984 or 1985, whatever that uh, doom and gloom book story is. We're more akin to Animal Farm, where propaganda rules the world, and the sheep just follows. We have a simple slogan to keep the sheep in line and propaganda for everybody else. And then we keep the working class pissed off at the poor class, saying that the poor class is the reason why the working class are losing their job by blaming all the problems on the poor. Meanwhile, the rich fat cats come in and literally graze on top of us. They take all the money, they take all the good resources, they take all the good lands, they take all the good stuff, and they hoard it and split it amongst their friends. And they leave the rest of the folks to fight for what's left. And we live on a very big planet. There's plenty of resources for all of us. Open your minds, open your eyes, open your ears, and start asking yourself, why is it this way? And if you read the book Animal Farm, <laughs> you'll find out. Propaganda machine is very, 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 very strong. My vocabulary is very limited right now because I would find a better word to use than very. But it's incredibly strong. Propaganda machine is incredibly strong because it keeps us in a state of confusion and in a state of panic and paranoia and that something is going to go wrong at any given time. And then we're instead of busy planning for the future and taking care of our fellow neighbors and our fellow humans, we're in survival mode. Fight or flight. It's me, 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 me. Me and mine, F you and yours. That's the state that we're in right now. So I urge you to open your minds, open your eyes, and just look at the political drama that's going on. It's political theater. Nothing more, nothing less. I guarantee you, Donald Trump is going to beat this virus. Okay, He's going to... He's going to get past the first stage and then he's going to come out and then he's going to downplay the severity of the virus. He's going to say, oh, only I, only I, Donald Trump can beat the virus. I'm so strong. The virus stood no chance, no chance at all. No chance. The virus stood no chance. I had the best doctors, best doctors in the world, best doctors, <laughs> right? And then they're going to cure him. He's going to feel better. He's going to say that he beat the virus and that the virus is not as bad and then he's gonna blame china for it again and then you know come vote for me on november 3rd that's what's gonna happen it's the play-by-play -play book rule in all totalitarian dictatorship handbook it's in the manual how to keep dumb people in line <laughs> i don't know i wish i could like more eloquently express my thoughts but i'm a dumb dumb so this is the best you get <laughs> All right, this is the best you get all right, from the mind of Vlad. I'm sorry, but this is the best you get. All right, Wish I was a little more eloquent, but hey, we all have our flaws. And that's one of mine, and I'm going to try to work on it. So to conclude, look at, the, look at the political theater that's being presented to you. Look at the drama. Are you in a heightened sense of emotion when you're listening to this information? If you are, take a step back. That's all I'm asking you to do. Take a step back. Think critically. And ask, yourself, and ask yourself, why? Why is it this way? And then go from there. I don't care if you support Donald Trump. I don't care if you support Joe Biden. I don't care who you vote for. Only thing I care about is being a decent human being. That's it. So with that being said, I'm your boy, Vladimir Jean-Philippe. And this was another episode of Guys of the Roundtable. I hope you enjoyed. Please consider subscribing. Hit me up on Twitter at GOTR Podcast if you want to chat. 
If you have any comments, thoughts, concerns, please email them to gazetherontable at gmail.com. I will be glad to answer them for you and uh, get the conversation rolling. Like and share this on Facebook at facebook.com slash gazetherontable. And again, you can find me on Twitter, right? Because I'm finding Twitter to be a very funny place to be uh, at sometimes. And sometimes it's just very negative. So hit me up on Twitter at GOTR Podcast and uh, we can have some conversations. And again, just... Be a better human, please. So, with that being said, always remember, Vlad loves y'all, and peace.